Hey guys, welcome to the Inside the Drinks Business episode. I'm here with Yangdup Lama, India's number one bartender, and we are sitting at his bar, Sidecar, which is India's number one, and I think just been awarded number 47, if I'm correct, in yes. the world. Thank you for taking the time out. Thanks, Sid. Thank Why you don't you tell us, our audience, a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, people who are sitting in US, UK, just uh, what you have been doing in India. You know, I've been in this business for 25 years. I came from a small little town in the eastern part of India called Darjeeling. And I came to Delhi 25 years ago. I started off as a hotelier at the Hyatt in Delhi. And I worked there at the bar, not really inside the bar, but on the, on the floor, at the back. And that's how I started my journey here in, in Delhi, uh, at the bar. And then after a couple of months, got to work behind the bar. And I've been in the bar business for 25 years now, you know, in the hotels as a freelance bartender, managing events, weddings, consulting for bars and restaurants, the liquor industry, doing a little bit of trainings for hotels and other establishments, mm. and then running this one, as well as another small little neighborhood speakeasy bar in Gurgaon, and that's what I do. I see you're very close to your first uh, child, right, speakeasy, and that's, that's really a more of an emotional play for you. So yeah. walk, us, walk us over your, what was the idea of starting that? It was purely, you know, this, this, this actually happened um, nine years ago. We are celebrating uh, the ninth anniversary end of this month. And it purely happened from the fact that as a bartender, you always dream of having your own little bar, right? And one was definitely that. Second was on my off days, as you know, as a bartender on my off days, whenever I wanted to visit a bar, I would never find the kind of bar that I would have very strong sense of belongingness. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to a bar that I could call mine. Mm -hmm. So me and my partner always felt that, you know, there is a great scope to create a nice neighborhood bar, mm -hmm. not really a nightclub or a, or a lounge, mm -hmm. but something like a true bar. Mm -hmm. And that was the whole idea. And that, you know, made us actually create that particular bar. Mm -hmm. So what we did is we met a few investors. Mm -hmm. Everybody was always about scalable business mm -hmm. and you know, mm -hmm. financial plans and stuff like that. We didn't have those plans. Mm -hmm. All that we knew is that we want to do a nice neighborhood mm -hmm. bar, mm -hmm. the bar that we thought would be- The after work bar, bar where people <laughs> after work have exactly. a little beer and then they go home. So it will just fizzle out. Yeah. And then finally we decided in 2012, we had a little bit of money saved. So me and my partner said, okay, this, are, this is our savings. We'll go to wherever it fits into our scheme of things. And we went to a place which was like a no man's land mm -hmm. because of low rentals and open a neighborhood speakeasy over there. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. You've seen it all, right? You've, you've worked behind the scenes, so you know how to even communicate with your staff. Um, you know what goes behind the bar. You've, I think what uh, what I'm trying to get to is because you've been able to work actual work, you can execute better, right? So let's let's go that direction because I really want to bring value to people who want to start a bar. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, what kind of uh, what do you think is a criteria even before you start thinking? Uh, you can you can think of you know, uh, financial criteria. Let's say, uh, I'll give you an example of Delhi. So you have some framework, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in a decent area, what kind of leases, what kind of metrics it has to make sense. When, when do you think that you're really ready? Uh, even from the mindset, you mm -hmm. know, uh, that are you really ready for this five things? So give me that five things and then, okay, maybe now you can think of a bar, what really, you know, you are ready. I think the first and the foremost is to have clarity of concept. That's very, very important. Okay. You know, before you even get into financials, before you even get into marketing and planning and programming, all of those things, I think the first and the foremost is definitely to have the clarity of concept, right? Once you have the clarity of concept, second important thing is to figure out if this is my concept and this is the place or this is the city or the neighborhood that I want to create that concept, make that concept, 
will it fit into the scheme of things there? Do I have the right audience? Does mm -hmm. that does that location complement mm -hmm. my concept? Very mm -hmm. important. The third important thing then is if all of those two things kind of match, the third important thing is to then see if it fits into the scheme of things as far as the finances are concerned. So your okay. rentals, right? Your overheads, all of those things then come into play. And after that, it's all, all about, you know, the right programming. Okay. And, uh, and, and making sure that through your right programming, reaching out to the right audience. Break that programming part. You mean like bar menu to the deco? What, what is programming? Everything. It's a little bit of everything. This business, okay. food and beverage, although although we sell beverage and we sell food, yep. but when you ask me what is the real product, I said it's everything. We sell everything, right from the lighting mm -hmm. to the chairs that you and I are sitting, how mm -hmm. comfortable the chairs are, mm -hmm. to the decor, mm -hmm. the look and feel, the space, the area. You know, you could have a small little cozy mm -hmm. place. You could also have a, a slightly bigger space. Mm -hmm. Everything comes into play, uh, including your flooring to the, how clean the toilets are, you know, your genre of music, the intensity of sound, does it kind of match with the profile of the bar and the people who are visiting mm -hmm. it. All of these little, little things come into play because it's a sensory experience. You know, it is not just about drinking. Correct. It's not just about eating. It's the smell, I can smell oranges. Yeah, yeah it's a sensory experience. Yeah. And what we usually do sometimes, you know, as we get towards the winters, we always make sure in both our bars, you'll see oranges and cinnamon. Yeah. Because it's that feel of winter, True. it's the feel of Christmas, right? You walk into a bar and you then order uh, a mulled wine. You say, oh, I, I feel like having a mulled wine. Yeah. Right? So you need to make sure that it's a complex I think, sensory experience. I think uh, what you're saying is amazing because that's where, I think you're, you're a great marketer, by the way, I think. Because really? <laughs> contextual marketing is the language which you're saying. Mm -hmm. Either it's digital or physical. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're, you're trying to... I think say that mm -hmm. it has to be in the current context of things, mm -hmm. the deco, the place, the this, this neighborhood and all that has to play in place. Uh, mm -hmm. I think uh, I can already see, you know, personally, I can I can understand that you're a super business mind. Uh, really? let, let, yeah, let me ask you this, that uh, do you know why your customers are coming here? Assuming the fact that we're talking about that it's not it. It's the early days, right? Now, obviously, half of them are coming because it's India's number one. It's becoming more of a checklist to do, you know, like a destination to go mm -hmm. if you're in Delhi. Mm -hmm. So before that, why do you think they were coming here? Because there was, a, there was no other bar which you could call a bar. So if you look at Delhi, there are a lot of bars. Wow. There are lots and lots of bars. But there are a few, very few bars where you can go and have a conversation with the bartender or where you could go with a friend not to get drunk or to dance on the dance floor, but just there to catch up on things, right? You would go to a place where the music does not come in between you and your conversation, right? Amazing, uh, you yeah. would go to a place where you can just, you know, you could come to this bar alone and you could just have a great evening. So it's, it's purely on the lines of a good neighborhood bar. Mm. It isn't a bar where you think of going only on a Friday, Saturday. This is a Monday, Tuesday bar. Mm. So we do not focus only on a Friday and Saturday business. We always say, the guy should be able to come to a bar even on a Monday and Tuesday, right? So, you know, you finished work, you don't want to head home because, you know, you just want to get a glass of beer or a cocktail. You walk into sidecar, right? You don't even think what you're wearing, whether you look good, do not look good, you look exhausted, nothing of, nothing of that sort. You just walk into the bar because you feel like, oh, that's my place. Yeah. Right. So, uh, when you were developing sidecar, you know, did you actually go to Hong Kong, London, you know, New York and, okay, uh, I'm making notes, the lights are amazing here, I'm making notes, the music is good. Uh, it looks like, you know, because as you said, like, if you are the best standard of India, that thought process would have come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, how did that happen? How did you make this happen? 
So I've been to a lot of bars in, in, in the US as well as in, in the UK, uh, in Hong Kong, Singapore. But, you know, 2017, so 2018 is when we opened, towards December is when we opened Sidecar. But 2017, I was in Edinburgh. And I would go to, and it, it isn't, and of course, they have great bars, but it isn't amongst like the so well-known bars of London and New yeah. York, right? But it's what a I neighborhood felt, which you were looking at. Yeah, but what I liked, and I went to a few bars there, is what I, was like, what I liked is, you know, it felt like happy bars, you know, you yeah. wanted to create a happy bar right from the outlook. So if you look at the facade outside, you yeah. will see it has a lot of resemblance of a typical Edinburgh kind of bars. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I kind of really like that, you know, like from the outside only, it's this bar where you want to just go and get Got a pint. It. <laughs> Amazing. I think as a consumer, I would say, you know, uh, I'm looking for a good vibe. Mm -hmm. So how do you create a good vibe, you know, if we had to give educa education on that part to people? It's a very interesting question because there isn't a formula to create a great vibe. The important thing is you as a driver of the business or you somebody who is creating a bar. And I'll be very honest, when we walked into this place, uh, as in I was traveling, my partners came, looked at the space. It was empty at that time, nobody had occupied the space and they sent me pictures and they had said the space would not work because it has pillars in mm. the center. So then my partner sent me the picture and said, uh, you know, there's, there's one space over there but we can't create a bar because it has pillars. Mm. My simple question is, what is the distance of the pillar from the wall? Then she said, that's about 12 feet. I said, yes, we can create a bar there, mm. right? Uh, because I know mm. what I need from the wall, the distance is seven and a half feet mm. and after that I can fit in one row of bar stools. And then when I came here physically, mm -hmm. the first thing I think is I came here and visualized. And this is exactly what I had visualized. Mm -hmm. So I knew, okay, this will be the bar. It will be against this wall, this long a bar. So the brief was very clear that I gave to my interiors guy, mm -hmm. right? So when you say vibe, I think it's all about you walk into a place and you yourself as the promoter of the business feel your imagination will work really well in this place. Mm -hmm. And then it's easy. Got it. But if you believe, or sorry, if you are confused yourself and mm. you are so dependent on the interiors guy yes. to give you the vibe, then it's a little difficult. That's where sometimes you may go wrong. So there's no formula for a good vibe. Got it, got it. It's, it has to be your vision, end of the day. I say this because I've been a bartender, right? Yeah. So when I make a cocktail, I do not know whether it's a great tasting cocktail or not. Yeah. I always know that it's a good tasting cocktail when I myself feel I yeah. made a good drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so automatically, the way I present the drink, the way the you know, the creator of the drink himself yeah. is so happy with the drink that it sells easily and automatically you would have a sip and say, wow, that's a good tasting drink. Got it. Let's <laughs> uh, wear the bar owner's hat, right, uh, of you running multiple locations. Uh, what are the three most important things you would uh, pay attention to? Obviously, there are a hundred different things you'll have to do, like the, the soap is out of the bathroom to everything, right? It all is the owner's job. Mm -hmm. But what are the three things where you actually put your energy to make sure the top line is always taken care of? The, when you say top line, you mean to say the, the financials? The, the, yeah, foot traffic, the numbers, the financials, yeah. the, the, the business, I mean, the revenue. So three things. So one is your F&B cost. You okay. need to get that in place. You need to make sure that you, do, you, you get that right. So based on your budgets, your projection. Okay. Second is your payout. So your fixed costs, okay. like your rentals. Okay. I always feel for a F&B space, uh, based on what your projections are, your, your rentals should not go between 10 to 12%. But, but that's like one-time thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You've signed a lease. What I'm saying is every week, you want to know these three numbers. And, and you're navigating your business yeah. by making sure that these three things you are controlling properly. One is FNB cost, for sure. Mm. It can come on a weekly thing. But that lease is already done, right? Yeah. But what about other stuff like HR so issues? 
No, more than the HR issues, I think it's also your, your marketing budget, you know, you, because you need to promote the place. You need to do something or the other. And I spoke about programming earlier on. Got it. Right? Uh, and that, that is a cost that you incur. So it comes from the marketing budget. Got right? it. So I know that this is going to be my marketing. So you are involved personally in marketing as well? No, my partner does most of that. Understood. Uh, I mostly take care of operations and okay. I only kind of uh, not even sign the check. My partner does most of that. Got but it. what I usually do is I do give inputs because, you know, based on based on what the season is like, if you need to do some kind of promotions, whether it's getting a band, genre music, whether it is doing some things, whether it's getting like a, a, a you know, a bartender who could come and do a guest ship for us. Mm -hmm. So all of those things are part of the programming. Understood. Uh, but there is a budget for Got it. Right. And that spend should not, you know, there is a certain allocation of that budget. Uh, more than weekly, we try to do it monthly, okay. because it kind of works well, you plan. That's very important because okay. that's, uh, you know, when we look at the spend, we look at the gains from that spend in many ways. Right? One is, am I doing this as an activity to just create that buzz around the market? Or mm -hmm. am I doing this to get returns out of it or financial returns? Am I driving in more consumers in here? Mm -hmm. Or am I just building a good brand name? Understood. So we divide in the two sections. There are some activities that we do where we, it's pure gain. Correct. So it's okay, we do this activity, you get more customers on that particular day. And what is that activity? So when we do a particular type of music, we get a celebrity musician, okay. uh, he or she has a strong fan following and we know that we do it on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Got it. Uh, like what we do for a Christmas Eve or a New Year's Eve, right? So mm. the idea is to bear, make sure that the numbers are high as compared mm. to the rest of the days. Mm. But then there are other activities like what we did last week, for example, got an international bartender, Mm. did a guest shift here but that was not about pure gains it was also about to build a reputation right, look to build your brand yeah we are, we are honest to what we're doing in terms of a product yeah and to make sure that that trust factor is really high as far as the consumers are concerned we are people who are serious about the drinks and the experience that we create for customers have you raised your prices in the last two years let's say approximately i want to go somewhere uh, have you uh, how do you become more premiumization slowly apart from the you know how, at what time you think it's time to raise prices that you've you've earned it uh, I think that is more to do with, you know, as we progress, you know, when you, there isn't a standard formula for that, but, but I- But not, not just for profit, I'm saying, because no, now you've become the number absolutely. one, let's say, you may want to align the crowd which comes here. No, I think, I think, you know, pricing is not really one of the big factors because okay. what happens with pricing is, you know, there are, you know, especially in a city like Delhi, I don't think pricing Money is, is a such problem. a problem. What is important is to be able to, like you mentioned earlier on, like the vibe, the right, mm. You know, when you create an ambience or an atmosphere, which kind of works well for you, so then you would come here, right? But if you came here accidentally because, oh, it's, you know, Asia's 16th bar or world's 47th mm -hmm. bar, and therefore I need to go and visit the place, you might come here, but you might not be the right audience. So you will still come here because you've heard about it, but it, and you know, you are somebody who can afford whatever expensive the drink is, but it might not be your kind of place. So you Got will it. never come back, right? So I think more than the pricing, as far as the filtration of the crowd is concerned, it's all about what you create. Understood. Right? So I think- What you're known for, like what, what concept you're known for absolutely. sort of thing. So, you know, you don't think of us when you think of going out partying. When you think of going out partying on a Saturday night, Friday night, you know, hit the floor, drink shots, you might not think of us. So when you're doing your concept phase, do you write like, okay, uh, name idea, sidecar, uh, brief, here's what I think of a concept should be. Have you, you know, like uh, it should be a totally, yeah? totally, yeah, okay. yeah. So we we do a mood board. What is it? A mood board okay. for our for our for our bar. Interesting. Uh, Could you elaborate, please? That so you know, I'll I'll give you a simple example. In our first bar, 
because we were not experienced running a bar. It was just bartenders, two of us getting together and said, we had that imagination in our head, but we didn't have a presentation for it. So when the interior, the architect guy, nice guy, young fellow, just come back from the US, just done his design course there. And he said, what is it that you guys want to create? And we told him, have you heard this song by Toby Keith called I Love This Bar? And he said, no. I said, listen to that song, lyrics, and we'll talk tomorrow. Because it talks about this bar where, you know, everybody could just be there. You know, you, you do not know who you're meeting at that bar. It could be, you know, uh, drunkards, it could be loafers, it could be all kinds of people, you know, right from engineers to, you know, businessmen. Mm -hmm. But it's my kind of a bar, mm. you know, and um, so, so that was a brief, right? But when we, when we do concert, like when we did Sidecar, we were very clear. We chose the name Sidecar because it, we've used the cocktail Sidecar, which is a classic cocktail as the muse mm -hmm. for this bar. And we said, look, cocktail of the 1930s. So definitely the bar has to have a feel of 1930s. It's a very classic old school mm -hmm. bar, mm -hmm. but a very modern take in, the, in terms of the drinks philosophy. So these things were very, very clear. And to be more precise, it is purely a bartender's bar. So, you know, how is a bartender's bar different from any other bar that exists in town? Mm. Right, so the bar is the hero. Got it. What about the cultural differences? Sometimes I can I can imagine this is just my, one guy's perspective. Is let's say in London versus India, uh, you know, sometimes bartenders are not given that respect. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's more like a staff, more like you know hospitality staff. Mm -hmm. It's still getting there, mm -hmm. where you know I want to start opening up my private thing or a chat like oh, my work was shit and whatever right what's your take on that i think in the in the last five seven years things have changed okay. to, a, to a large extent especially in in cities like delhi mumbai bangalore uh, you know pune goa i think things have changed a lot you know the younger indian audience is more experimental the younger indian audience is more exposed the younger indian audience is not just about money i think they are okay to go to a bar, make friends with the bartender. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and if the bartender is good enough, he's a true professional, there's a lot of respect for him. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a drastic change and a good change amongst the consumers as well. Got it. Right, because I think it's more, more, more so because they've traveled a lot, they've true. experienced true. some great food and beverage across the globe. Yeah. And they know that when you go to a bar like this, uh, and then, you know, you meet a professional bartender, yeah. you know that he is, an artist at work. Mm. He's a professional. I need to give that due respect. So, yeah. you know, people have changed to a large extent. Correct. So now in, in most bars like ours across some of these major cities, I think uh, there's a lot of respect for bartenders. Nice, nice. Uh, that brings me to ask you, define a good bartender. Who's a good bartender to you? A good human being. You have to have all the qualities of being a good human. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, and I always, you know, kind of speak about this particular philosophy to all my bartenders because mm -hmm. you might learn about the drinks, the techniques, uh, the recipes when you start working. Mm -hmm. That's on the job. Mm -hmm. But I cannot teach you how to smile. Mm -hmm. I will never be able to, I, I might say please smile, but I cannot put that smile into you. Correct. Right. And therefore, it has to come from within. The moment it starts to come from within, you will be, you know, a better bartender. How do you gauge that in an interview? Uh, no, we do. I, I, I never ask technical questions when I interview bartenders. Or, I'm, or I'm sorry, we'll come back to that. But you were answering and define a good man. Yeah, sorry. So, so, yeah. so when I say good human beings or good human qualities, it's, it's all about this, right? When you meet a person, you should be happy meeting a customer. 
Mm. You should be happy for the. They should like customers. Absolutely. I mean, end of the day, it's and people's business, right? Absolutely. And then you need to be open to learning, right? So a customer comes in, you meet people from all walks of life. Yeah. It is not just about me giving them a drink. Sometimes the customer teaches you how to make a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because you had that experience somewhere else. So it's a two-way thing. Yeah. Right? And it's so much got to do with uh, the the human dealing mm -hmm. that you might you have to have the right human qualities for sure. If you have that in place and then you enjoy what you're doing, I think everything else will happen over a period of time. You will gain great knowledge, you will learn the techniques, uh, you will be able to button really, really, mm -hmm. you know, at, at a great speed, make profit for you. All of those things will follow, mm -hmm. but you will also be a greater bartender. Got it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think it's very rare. Uh, like you are the boss and you are that personality which you just described right where i can imagine that you are a happy person and a good person uh, so obviously your team can look forward to working with you and you will attract that sort of talent naturally as well uh, because if someone's staying for two years i'm sure they're similar it's like if my friends will be like mine you know end of the day what i'm exactly so it will end up like that so but m most of the bosses and multinational chains sort of like management and they don't give a it's all about pnl and so how do they embrace a good culture? You know, what, what do you do in embracing, let's say, yeah, you were think, hired as a manager? Yeah, I think I, I mentioned the word bartender's bar. That's the difference okay. between any other bar and a bartender's bar, right? Okay. So even, even when you talk about a restaurant and a restaurant driven by a chef, it would be different. Right? A restaurant sure. driven by a chef would more be, it would be driven by the chef's passion. Got it. Uh, in terms of the managers and the management, that is exactly what we talk about. You know, we definitely want to give so we want to recognize the guys who are behind the bar yeah, or yeah. on the floor taking care of the guests. We want to definitely make sure that they are the heroes of the place. Mm, mm. Everything else is hardware. I cannot change the bar counter once it's made. I cannot mm. change the lighting once it's done. Mm. I cannot change the decor of the place once it's mm. done. But it's the human beings who Correct. work in Now here. it's on this five Absolutely. people to... They can make a difference. Correct. Like, uh, otherwise, why would a... Probably a person would come here first time thinking, oh, that's a beautiful looking bar. Yeah. He might say, oh, the music is great in that bar. He might come here for the first time because of the music or because somebody told him, oh, you go to yeah, sidecar. Yeah. But from there onwards, for him to come back again, it is purely about the human dealing. Correct. It is the servers, it is the bartenders, the managers, all of us who take care of a guest. If we are able to lend that experience to them, a collective experience, they would definitely would come back here because they then feel, oh, I love going there because people are great. You know, yeah. they're always smiling. They seem to be positive. They seem to be nice and warm. And therefore, I feel good going there. <laughs> it's a very selfish question I have, but let's say you're doing a team meeting. You know, uh, what kind of things do you talk to, you know, in, their, in your weekly meetings to them, like guys to motivate them to, you know, to help them smile to help them go back to their work with a smile you know the, to help them feel satisfied at work and i think it will help other bartenders which are struggling with overwork yeah. these days i always start when when we do team meetings uh, we had one yesterday i always start by asking them questions in terms of where they are and what they feel about the place mm -hmm. you know do they have some good things to say some complaints constraints that they are facing or is it you know even relationship that they share with the colleagues i always start by asking that question because uh, and then People do come back to us and say, like, you know, I have this issue. Got then it. I also say, okay, what, what do you think should be the right solution? So I leave it up to them. Got Reason it. being, I want each and every member to feel that very strong sense of belongingness to the place. Correct. It shouldn't be that I would be, or I have the solution for all of the issues. Uh, because I always say that I spend lesser time than you guys do in this bar. Mm -hmm. You are the ones who are meeting the guests one-on-one. -on -one. I'm meeting them, you know, maybe... If there are 100 people coming, I'm only meeting 10 of them. Mm -hmm. But you guys are the ones who are taking care of them. So you guys know the problems. Mm -hmm. And you might also have the solution for it because you guys are very much on the floor, mm -hmm. right? 
and I think that kind of really helps them to be able to connect to the place strongly. Mm -hmm. and, and anybody who is truly uh, involved with operations, anybody who is truly involved with that particular issue, mm -hmm. will also have a solution to it. Because you always think, oh, maybe mm -hmm. if this was done in this way, mm -hmm. it would be better off. It would make me more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think that is exactly where the solution would start from. And then mm -hmm. we say, okay, let's take that point and let's let's see if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it should not be a one-way traffic. You know, mm -hmm. meetings. Uh, Communication meetings should not be what the management is telling the mm -hmm. staff to do. I think it mm -hmm. should be more of an interactive session mm -hmm. where we would put in suggestion, do a little bit of a brainstorming and come out with solutions. Mm -hmm. One last question and then we'll wrap. Sure. You know, what, what's, a, uh, what's something that you would want to tell young bartenders? You know, uh, in a, someone who's trying to grow and who's really passionate to grow their career. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that you would want to say in the camera just for the young bartenders out there? So. This is something that I keep saying to all amateur bartenders or young bartenders or the bartenders of the future. I always say, very important, you have to think big. So you need to dream big, think big and work towards your goal, your vision. When you do that, the one thing that you need to keep in mind is there's nothing called shortcuts. So never ever try to take shortcuts in life because it really makes a weak foundation. So if you have a weak foundation, you will always struggle in the later part of your career. So the idea is to make a strong foundation, have a big dream or a big ambition, but no shortcuts. 